When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's a Roadshow Thursday here at Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Mike Babcock, Elijah Herbal. We are at the Hale Varsity Club just uh, in La Vista. And we invite you down here. The Hale Varsity Yearbook Release Party gets going. We are the uh, the appetizer 4 to 6. Some ex-Huskers going to be by from 6 till 8. Uh, food and drink specials that are incredible. And, of course, your chance to get the Hale Varsity Yearbook. Aaron Sorensen is in the house. Steve Marek is here. There will be a Jacob Padilla sighting. And uh, we'll also uh, wave at Brandon Vogel. Numbers to dive in today and uh, talk some Husker ball and all things going on in the world of sports. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. At MD Babs on Twitter at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And can email Chris at Hale Varsity. Oh, there's Greg Smith. Wow. Flex. There he is. He's waving at me. He's like, Greg Smith's like, don't bother me. Hey, you know I mean? I'm here for the show, baby. Uh, Greg Smith is here. Mike, good to be with you. Yeah, good to be here. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here to say whatever you say I'm going to agree with, and that's my purpose. <laughs> Elijah, you doubt that. You highly doubt that. <laughs> well, see, I'm on the other side here. I'm here whatever you say. I'm here to, to be the voice of reason and, and, and throw it the other way. So you, you got both sides here, Chris. You, it's, it couldn't be better for you. That is good. Can find us, of course, uh, always uh, log on Hale Varsity's Twitter handle at ESPN Lincoln's Twitter handle. We're streaming live uh, on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter and also ESPN Lincoln's Facebook. So the stream yard is open. Not uh, good news on the recruiting front for Nebraska. We'll talk about that. We'll hit some of the NBA draft tonight. Where does Bryce McGowan's go? And it's kind of all over the board, but that board uh, is more likely leaning first round than second round. And uh, some more college football uh, talking season points. We, we already hit this topic earlier about scary venues uh, earlier in the week. I think it was Tuesday's show, but our, our dear friend Big Game Boomer put out his ranking of most intimidating places in college football to play. The big question is this. A, Elijah Herbal, are you going to overnight train it to see the Abs win the Stanley Cup? Two, are you going to for free 
offer advice to my son who will be umpiring this weekend? No and yes. Uh, in terms of the uh, the Stanley Cup, it's a full day for me tomorrow because uh, I'll be in here in the morning for the morning hookup, and then I got a midday baseball game to umpire, and then Hale Varsity, and we'll have a nightcap of some Salt Dogs baseball. So if I can find four people to cover four different roles for me, we'll think about it. But uh, with only what sixteen hours to do so, uh, that, that's not looking likely. On the other hand umpiring advice I can do, especially for a, a new umpire like your son. Number one, don't be that umpire wearing shorts on the field. I've seen that as, as a trend in youth <laughs> He doesn't <sports>. own pants. <laughs> for some reason, I keep on seeing these videos of like youth teams and it's an umpire wearing shorts on the baseball field and it just every single time... You uh, just, you right just what are you doing, now. son? What are you doing, son? We did charge Elijah fourteen ninety nine for the yearbook. Uh, you break <laughs> it, you buy it. You've already thumbed through it. Uh, the cover is Garrett Nelson, an incredible feature story by Aaron Sorensen on Garrett. Uh, we will talk to her at four forty. Mike uh, Elijah, so much good in this uh, college football Bible that is the Hale Varsity yearbook. Uh, the cover with Garrett Nelson, uh, the the briefcase is here, which is sweet. It's not quite the nuclear football, but the black shirt briefcase is here. Uh, great stories by Steve Morick and Jacob Badilla and Greg Smith, uh, as well as Brandon Vogel and uh, Mike Babcock. I flipped through the uh, the feature you did on Barrett Root and the Grateful mm-hmm. Dead. There's something for everyone. We'll dive into a lot of it, but uh, I want to go here to start off on the recruiting front. Dylan Edwards. Four-star running back from Kansas. The uh, Wichita product that Nebraska was vying for was in the thick of it. Uh, He made his announcement today. Offers from Oklahoma, offers from Kansas State, offer from Nebraska. That was the the, the final three. And you have uh, Dylan Edwards staying home. He's going to play football at Kansas State, spurning Nebraska and spurning uh, Oklahoma. That doesn't happen too often. Maybe uh, back in the day in the JUCO ranks where K-State would get a win, Babbers, but that's a big pickup and a lot of history, a lot of rich history in Wichita when it comes to running backs. I think of think of Paul Miles uh, is, a, is, a, is a Wichita guy. Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith is, is who yeah, I met. Paul Miles was a Michigan, Thank or, you. Uh, New Jersey guy. New Jersey. Yeah. Jeff Smith, though, was, was big. Yeah, and then, Jeff of Smith. course, D'Angelo Evans for a time in Lincoln. And then Barry Sanders that Nebraska had their clutches on and, uh, and then scared away saying, son, you'd be a great defensive back. <laughs> Barry Sanders was as good as it gets. No, wasn't he? He was an outstanding player. Well, think of how good he, he would have so been playing much... defensive back. Honestly, with how good a running back he was, would have been an outstanding defensive back. Oklahoma State was the only school that wanted him as a running back. Yeah, Everyone, everyone weird... else offered him as, as a DB. It was a weird situation for a guy as talented as that as a running back. Mm-hmm. And you think about his career in college and in the NFL. Oh, uh... Just, uh as yeah, good as it it's, gets. It's hard to sure. believe, but the, that was the way things were then. Well, we'll dive in here. Let's talk about some of the new guys. Let's talk O'Shawn Mathis and Stefan Wynn on the defensive front. Uh, that's uh, a big part of the yearbook that is previewing Nebraska. And what do we talk about when we talk about themes for 2022? A lot of it is is dealing with the, the pressure cooker that is Nebraska, right? You've got mm-hmm. a, a season to 
to, to really make a statement if you're Scott Frost in Nebraska. You have a contract that's been reconfigured, and you have gone heavy into the portal, and you've had some nice wins. You've brought in some experienced guys, and you've brought in guys that have won at a high level at some other programs. They've not necessarily been the focal point. Casey Thompson's been a guy that has uh, has produced well on offense for, for Texas. You've got a five-star and a, and a Trey Palmer that's uh, contributed, and when he's contributed, it's it's been kind of wow factorish uh, when he was at LSU and in the return game. And then you, you flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. You've got great numbers uh, getting after the quarterback from O'Shawn Mathis and a great PR win. That needs to translate to the Big Ten when it comes to getting after the quarterback. And then Stefan Wynn, we've detailed the number of uh, first through third rounders Alabama has sent to the NFL along that front line. Babbers, what's your take? Elijah, jump in as well uh, as far as uh, what they're bringing but also that that leadership mesh point. That's been a key question mark here that'll that'll tell the story of 2022. All right, did you get some players? Yes. Did you maybe upgrade in some talent? Yes. But what's the locker room dynamic going to be like, Babbers? And from a chemistry standpoint, it sounds like O'Shawn and and Stefan Wynn, they've kind of eased into what their voice is like in that locker room. Yeah, well, that's the key, you know, how how they mesh, how they fit into what to what Nebraska has here already. They've got the resume. There's no question about that. The question remains, how do they fit in? And here's the guy on the cover. It's going to be one of the factors in, in deciding that, I think, because his leadership uh, role has that responsibility as well as to get these guys involved as quickly as he can. That's the thing. I mean, you're, you're asking them to be involved and to mesh quickly. You know, you can go through spring or you can go through fall camp, but th- th- it takes more than that. You know, you, you're you're going in with guys that have been here for two, three, four years, and uh, that's the question is how, how do they mesh? How do they fit into this thing? You know, you mentioned Trey Palmer, and, it, you know, I think he's going to be fit in as a receiver as well, but if, if the only thing he does is make the special teams better <laughs> – that's a that's a that's, that's a, win. a win for Nebraska. It's <laughs> a big win, you know. And and those kinds of things, those kinds of questions need to be answered. But but uh, yeah, it's it's how they fit in, how you know how what, how they can adjust after in some cases playing three four years somewhere else um, and being in a different kind of a system and then coming in here, uh, not just talking about teammates, but you're talking about coaches, you're talking about just the the general. What it's like to play in Memorial Stadium uh, kind of mentality, too, and you don't know that until the first game that you get in there. That's Mike Babcock, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club uh, in La Vista, just off the interstate. We invite you out here for the Hale Varsity yearbook release party, uh, an incredible issue for your 2022 college football season. Great food and drink specials. We'll have an autograph signing with some really incredible special ex-Huskers that will start at 6. Deontay Williams is going to be with us here around 5.30 as he's off to the Seahawks. Get his take on that Husker secondary. Elijah, when we get back to the chemistry part of things and the topic, you've got some older guys, uh, some that, that haven't played a lot, some that are trying to regain starting roles or contributor roles on the offensive line. Uh, you also have some guys like we've touched on in Garrett Nelson and, and the linebacking core. That's a different dynamic, isn't it, uh, with 
what guys are bringing, what, what, other, what other culture guys are bringing. What was the culture like at a TCU? What was the culture like at, at you know, Process U at Alabama? I mean, there's some things current guys can, can take from, from the new guys, isn't there? Well, yeah, and I'm going to use the, the volleyball team to illustrate my point here because we heard this offseason that Nicklin Hames is going to be moving to a new role in the team, and it's really okay if she is not making impact on the court because of her leadership off the court uh, this season, and, and that's a luxury that the Husker football team doesn't have. Not only do these new guys stepping in have to come in and, and rub off a, a winning mentality, a r- winning culture on the team, they also have to make big plays on the field. I think that's what the Husker football team lacked last season was guys that could step up and, and make big time plays and big time moments I mean quarterback is the position that comes to mind instantly where uh, you'd see Adrian have a great three quarters and then when winning time came in the fourth quarter uh, whether it was him trying to do too much uh, or him feeling the pressure he couldn't make those big time plays and big time moments and we've heard a lot about how great of a, a leader Adrian was uh, but he couldn't get it done in crunch time that's just a simple fact of the matter so what these new guys come in are going to have to do is not only make those big time plays and big time moments they're also going to have to rub off on their teammates and, and use their leadership to elevate their teammates in those moments as well because that's what really this Nebraska team has lacked. They've had good players. Uh, they need great players to come in and show how to win both on the field and off the field. Elijah Herbal right there back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios. College World Series going on and you have Ole Miss up one nothing. Elijah is fist pumping. You can watch him do so on the ESPN <laughs> Lincoln Twitter feed and StreamYard on ESPN Facebook, ESPN Lincoln Facebook. I myself, as much as you like the sip, as much as you're tight with Lane Kiffin and his and his uh, his lab, I'm still in Poland for uh, Dave Van Horn in Arkansas to meet with the Boomer Sooner. If you get an Arkansas-Oklahoma matchup, maybe we can pry old Switzer uh, up from Norman to see his alma mater versus the team he coached for so many years in that uh, College World Series. Think that now. might happen? Well, we can ask him. Tell him you have a for him. He'll come up. Uh, it's keeping the dog theme going. Uh, let's talk NBA draft here before we catch up with Brandon Vogel. So uh, this is something that's, that's unique. And, Mike, you've covered Nebraska basketball for a while. Uh, and as a kid, I saw – Nebraska players get drafted through my junior high and even high school years, more so junior high. Uh, I, I remember when Rich King got picked mm-hmm. by Seattle, 15th overall. I remember uh, that was the first round, right? Now they still had an expanded draft then. Right. I remember uh, hopping, playing uh, with, with the 76ers in the NBA. I remember Pike going and then being traded to the, the Clippers. Then I also remember Tyron Lue ended up in L.A. He was a draft pick that, that was traded, and Lou had a great career. Nebraska's had a good run of, of NBA draft picks. Roby's been very impressive. He's been phenomenal from a highlight film standpoint mm-hmm. uh, down in Oklahoma City. You have Banton, and with, uh, with Delano, I wasn't sure how he'd do, but, man, he's, he's really thrived uh, not only uh, as his athleticism and size is a difference maker, but... Benton's really found a home and a role in Toronto. And now you can have uh, Bryce McGowan's go tonight. And Elijah and Babbers, you, you have all sorts of projections, right? You have anywhere from, from Houston to 
Does he end up in Golden State? Mike Babcock would be thrilled that if, would he's, be good. That would uh, be good. if he's finding his way to Golden State. Detroit, maybe. Maybe it's in Orlando. But I, I tell you what, he worked out for two-thirds of the NBA. Uh, they really uh, love his upside. He is a potential pick. Everyone's a potential pick, but he's a guy that really thrived as a young kid in the Big Ten the second half of the season. His body type, his athleticism, his ability to knife to the rim is is uncanny for as young as he is. So that's your argument for first round. And, and maybe he turns out to be a guy uh, like uh, like Wiggins. And what I mean by that is he hits his potential, he hits his ceiling, he hits his development potential early with you before that second contract or second team or a third team. Uh, give me uh, some help here. The kid for Chicago, uh, the guy that used to be a dunker, uh, Levine. Exactly. Levine is a guy that has really uh, wowed with his game from being a dunk contest winner to an all-around score. You've seen him become a really great player in the league uh, and, and not just a, a guy that can rock the rim. I look at, at, at Bryce as a guy like, you know what, someone's going to pull the trigger on him uh, more likely in the first round. You just can't pass up some of those tools. And Nebraska will, will have another guy drafted tonight. It's just a matter of if it's uh, late in that first round or not. Yeah, I've seen projections anywhere from 21 uh, all the way through uh, like 35, 36. It's probably going to be somewhere in that range. But the, the, the big knock isn't offensively. It, it's Bryce's defensive prowess. Flat-footed, tends to get wiped out by his screens and struggled against uh, guys that were his size in the Big Ten. So uh, that's what the, the knock is, but obviously just worlds of potential offensively. We will say hi to Brandon Vogel. It's the Hale Varsity yearbook release party roadshow Thursday here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista. Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Calling all Storm Chasers fans. A team you never get to see is making their way to Werner Park June 7th through the 12th, and that's the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. It's the first meeting between the two franchises, and there's plenty going on that week. June 9th is the Chasers Community Celebration for Pride Night, presented by PayPal. June 10th is What If Night, where the Storm Chasers will change their name to the Hogs. A little backstory, that was a previous Omaha team and was a potential name change when the franchise was looking to rebrand. It's a battle of pigs versus hogs. You can't have a name change without new jerseys too. Specialty jerseys will be worn that night, and of course, they'll be autographed and auctioned off. Snag your favorite player June 10th and then run it back on the 11th. It's Salute to Corn Night, presented by the Nebraska Corn Board. It's a celebration of all things corn. Corn on the jerseys, corn in the stands. Trust me, this game will be amazing. See you there. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Back with you, we're here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista, just off the interstate. Chris Schmidt, Mike Babcock, Elijah Herbal, as it is the yearbook release party. We are the uh, the appetizer, and by the way, log on HaleVarsityClub.com and find something you love on the menu. It's incredible. Uh, Brandon Vogel is in the football office. Uh, we say hi to Brandon Vogel, a managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Uh, Vogues, do you have a red tie similar to uh, the one Garrett Nelson wore on the yearbook? We have the, we have the Hale Varsity yearbook briefcase here, too. It, it's pretty sweet. Uh, thanks for jumping in today. 
Yeah, thank you. Um, thanks for thanks for having me. Glad the briefcase made an appearance. That's a that was a, one of the biggest moving pieces uh, in terms of getting that that cover shot. Uh, I, I may not have a tie that red. No, actually, I do. It's got it's red white stripes, but it might be the only red tie I have. I find that I, I, I tend towards I tend towards blue for for whatever reason. You know, I, I have a, a few red ties, and that is bold and wonderful to have the red and, and did you say orange combo? I mean, I mean, no, but I'm a big fan of orange. Uh, we're getting into a little bit of Virginia Tech territory. I'm all for it. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's all right. Uh, what does Does Arch Manning have a burnt orange tie now? Was that part of the deal? I, 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 he might have that plus plus some. Um, talk about big shocks today, at least for me. Um, you know, Arch Manning, obviously from a family that knows a little bit about football, uh, probably had the opportunity to to go wherever he wants, and that's a pretty big, pretty big feather in Steve Sarkeesian's cap at a, a kind of a pivotal point. For Texas, I, I may not understand it on on my own. I mean, you, you look at this and you're like, well, if you go to Alabama, you probably win two national titles in three years and maybe the Heisman because the best player in Alabama tends to win the Heisman uh, in, a, in a handful of these years. But it's a uh, it's it's a bold choice and not one that I saw coming. But but with now two five star quarterbacks on Texas roster, a move to the SEC forthcoming, a, a new head coach. Do you think it's it's time that we can put Texas in the conversation of college football playoff contenders at least over the next five years? No, um, that's my <laughs> that, that's that's my direct. I refuse. Answer. Next um, question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Elijah, but uh, I, I need to see more out of out of Texas and probably specifically Steve Sarkeesian. You know, it, we have a lot of chats internally amongst our Hale Varsity staff and. I'll own up to the fact that at some point, not more than probably two weeks ago, I was like, do you think Steve Sarkeesian coaches Texas in an SEC game? And I don't, I don't mean that because I think like Texas is doomed um, or anything like that. But like, I do think there's a lot of pressure there with the fact that they're moving to the SEC to show some real progress before they actually make that jump. Whenever that, whenever that may be, um, Arch getting an Arch Manning might buy a little bit more time, but now, like you said, they've got Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning coming in. Quinn has already transferred once from Ohio State to Texas. What do you do with that? Um, it puts kind of a clock on on him as well. So it's gonna gonna get interesting. Quarterback recruiting. Quarterback retention is is never easy. Uh, it didn't get any easier today for Texas, though. With a player of those two guys, probably a good problem to have at this point. Brandon Vogel is with us. It's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow here at the Hale Varsity Club, the yearbook release party. We are celebrating. Brent, what a what an incredible yearbook! Uh, you've been a part of these, Mike. You've been a part of these. The the whole staff is second to none when it comes to college football info and insight and then the storytelling and you know i, I want to get your take real quick on the yearbook we'll, we'll show the cover again garrett nelson 
dressed to the nines with that uh, black shirt briefcase. <laughs> and uh, you have obviously you have a, a column or two in each uh, of the, the yearbooks uh, on, on top of uh, just the team previews. As you went through and did your team previews, what, what team kind of wowed you uh, or made you step back and go, okay, uh, this is going to be interesting. You've got Clay Helton, who's won, going from SC to Georgia Southern. And then you also have the vaunted blackout game on a Friday with uh, Greg Schiano and Rutgers lying in wait. Those are two, <laughs> two opponents that on paper they look like they should be wins. But, again, that paper has been through the shredder a lot the last eight years. Yeah, um, those are those are two good ones, and I'll I'll, I'll get to them individually, I guess, uh, eventually. In terms of teams in the Big Ten that I went through and said, "Wow, um, this probably isn't a surprise," but it's Ohio State, um, which you can do that to a degree every year, but they scored forty six points a game last year, and they bring back one of the probably two best quarterbacks in the country bring back the probably the best receiver in the country, two of the best to say 15 running backs in the country. Um, I mean, that offense is loaded for bear. And then they went and plucked the defensive coordinator who helped basically lead Oklahoma state to the big 12 championship game. So I expect them to be better defensively. So I, I kind of looked at last year uh, to the 2021 season as one that could be a slight step back for Ohio State, and that resulted in what 10 and two, 11 and two after a bowl game. So rough, rough times for for the Buckeyes last year. I don't expect it to be that rough for them. Um, Maryland's a team that I think if they if they get anything defensively could be kind of interesting, but. The two that you mentioned, you know, Georgia Southern is one that I think typically you could kind of say, well, they're going from, you know, triple, uh, they're a triple option program moving, you know, and they ran some spread out recently moving to Clay Helton, who's covering from USC, who's a little bit more of classic spread uh, defensively, you know they're bringing in a coordinator from Washington, basically as far as you can get in the U S um, almost as far as you can get could be tough, but they, they return a lot of experience. So I'll be really interested in Georgia Southern. And that's a, that's a program that pretty strong culture wise from their FCS success and moved into, you know, prior to their recent downturn, pretty good in the Sun Belt. Um, so, so those are, you know, I'll, I'll be interested in Georgia Southern. That's one you can chalk up. Rutgers sort of similar. Like I feel like Rutgers is slowly making gains. Um, really kind of lost a lot on the offensive line. And I think that's the big question for Rutgers going into 2022. <coughs> Excuse me. Are they going to have enough up front to to be able to make some gains offensively? Because I think defensively under Shiano, they're always going to be pretty solid. Brandon Vogel is with us. The Hale Varsity yearbook release party going on here at the Hale Varsity Club uh, in La Vista. If you're watching us, uh, Vogues is in his football office. Mike Badcock and me, Chris Schmidt, we are here at the Hale Varsity Club. Elijah Herbal is uh, back in the ESPN Lincoln Studios. And uh, what a celebration uh, with the yearbook release party. So, Vogues, I sent you this uh, this tweet by, by good old boy Big Game Boomer. And uh, 
uh, Elijah was scoffing uh, at uh, the uh, <laughs> selection of, of the scariest place to, uh, to to play. That was a topic earlier on the show. Uh, but, man, uh, how do you feel about uh, old Iowa being number one on the list uh, with uh, this tweet here, toughest places to, to go play? Nebraska, to its credit, came in 13th right behind Clemson. And and you have some teams that, that maybe haven't lived up to the, the hype, so to speak. But I, I'll say this, um, Nebraska still, despite their record, is not a top pick to go play a, play a game on Saturday, let alone a night game. Yeah, um, a little surprised. Iowa at number one, maybe not as surprised as I was to see Nebraska still rank at fifteenth. And I don't, I don't mean that to say that Nebraska doesn't have a great home atmosphere. It obviously does, but you go through the the decade that Nebraska has gone through, and you know. It's, it, it becomes a little bit tougher. You know, I haven't been to all or even the majority of college football stadiums. I've been fortunate to have been to, I think, every stadium in the Big Ten and in a handful of others beyond that at this point. Honestly, and this this will be weird, I don't think this team even made the top 25. Like, you want to talk about serious, literally defended, uh, or literally defined, <laughs> The scariest atmosphere I might have been in, and, I, and and again, I don't mean this as a detriment, like might have been Miami, and and it might not, you know, that's a, that's a school you probably don't think of a lot because they've moved stadiums a handful of times. Um, you know, I, Mike has been to probably Miami Miami games at more stadiums that I've that I've been to. Well, he certainly has. I've only been to one. Um, but even in that scenario, I was like, when I was there for that that Nebraska at Miami game in Mike Riley's, I think, second year, I was like, oh, this atmosphere is just, it's different. Um, and ended up being a good game. Nebraska rallied pretty hard in that game and went to overtime and came out came out a little bit short. But that was one that, that stood out to me. I think Wisconsin, uh, which was a couple spots ahead of Nebraska, remains one that I – my first time there, my impression was that's a tough atmosphere. And uh, every time I've been back since, it, it stays up there. So, you know, <laughs> anybody puts out a list, the I guess the, the reason for it to z- exist is for, for others to disagree with it. So here I am doing that. But uh, <laughs> those would be up there in my list, Miami and Wisconsin. Iowa at number one, though, it makes no sense to me. I mean, it's scary if it's a, a night game against a top ten opponent, but that happens, what, once every two years? They, they win. <laughs> they win or they cover. That's true. <laughs> they win or they cover. I, I think I've not been to, to, to Columbus, but I think that place is absolute bonkers. And Nebraska's been there at night more times than they like. Uh, D- Death Valley down at LSU, Baton Rouge. Yeah, I've never been there, but I remember after Tom Osborne, after the Huskers played there in the mid-70s, mm-hmm. I think it was a 6-6 time maybe, said he would never go back there and play at that place. That's a crazy place. And Texas A&M is scary in the press box because when they start shaking, the press box starts. You're afraid the press box is going to come down. Start swaying. Uh, and Penn State is an unpleasant place to be. Penn State. Uh, anywhere inside the stadium or in college. Uh, college Park. College Park, for yeah. sure. Vogue's incredible work with the yearbook, my friend. Thanks for jumping on, making time. Thanks for all you do, bud. Yeah, thank you, guys. 
Good stuff. That is Brandon Vogel, managing editor. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club yearbook release party. You are invited out. Autograph session with some former Huskers, 6 to 8. Get your... uh, Food and drink on. Uh, a quick time out. We'll spend time with Erin Sorensen. She's up next. Great uh, feature on Garrett Nelson, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Calling all soccer fans. Union Omaha is back home after an unbelievable showing in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup round of 16. An upset over Minnesota United? That's our team. So join them when they come home May 28th for Educational Outreach Night, presented by Bellevue University. The Owls will face Northern Colorado Hailstorm FC, and after a couple of road matches, will come back on June 18th to face Greenville Triumph SC. It's also Pride Night. We'll see you there. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Roadshow keeps rolling here at the Hale Varsity Club. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Big thanks to Mike Babcock, Brandon Vogel, Steve Marek is here. Greg Smith is here. Jacob Padilla is uh, hanging out as well. There's like, don't. You want you want Steve? Uh, we have Aaron Sorensen uh, is here. You brought the uh, the, the magic briefcase. Is this kind of like the Pulp Fiction briefcase? Does it glow on the inside? I did actually. Garrett knew that when we handed him. He goes, "I feel like I should like Pulp Fiction." So I did. I brought it. It will eventually live here at the Hill Varsity Club, so people can see it. They can see it right now. If they're here, they can come witness it in person. We are here. uh, The yearbook release party. You are invited out. Uh, Ex-Huskers, some standouts uh, you love. Tommy Armstrong, Deontay Williams, Demorne Pearson L here for an autograph session. It's going at six. Get an appetizer. Get a burger. Get a salad. Get the, what's this cherry vodka thing they've got concocted? Yes, it's the scarlet and cream. And I will go look up what it is specifically for you because I know we were talking about it. And we were thinking of sampling for. Oh, you're braver than me. I'm not <laughs> sure I'm ready. It's well, I guess it's almost it's almost five o'clock. I was, like, thinking it's too early in the day. That's where my brain's got to prep for Dublin. It's, yes, whipped vodka, strawberries, raw sugar, pomegranate syrup, homemade amaretto whipped cream. There we go. So Pat was right. It does have amaretto whipped cream. Mm. You're right. You're right. That, that's pretty good. Elijah, are you, uh, your ears have perked up, my friend. Well, it sounds good, but it also sounds like it'll give me heartburn roughly one hour <laughs> after I drink it. So Yeah, I have another <laughs> to get rid of the heartburn. Uh, Aaron Sorensen with us. Aaron, let's talk uh, about a lot of things. First and foremost, um, the yearbook, and then I want to get into Title IX, the documentary you're a part of on uh, Nebraska Public Media tonight at 8 o'clock, so folks need to check that out as well. But with Garrett, your feature story, uh, the connection you have uh, all, all the way back through the recruiting period, yeah. even uh, Adam Scott's bluff. Yeah, he uh, Garrett was somebody that I just got to know. Uh, I co- I was covering recruiting much, much. We now have Greg, sure. but I was covering uh, recruiting a lot more than I am now. And that class was a really interesting class for me because I got to know them really well. And one of those individuals was Garrett Nelson. And just to be clear. His whole family is just the nicest humans, incredible people. And so it wasn't just getting to know Garrett. It was getting to know Holly. It was getting to know Chris. It was getting to know the whole Nelson family. And I've always thought I want to do a story on Garrett, but the timing just needs to be right. And it feels like it had to be now or never. Because while he does technically have two years of of eligibility left at Nebraska, 
if he has the season I think a lot of us are expecting him to, the NFL is going to come calling much sooner. So it was like, we got to get this story done now. And thankfully, he was great about letting me tell the story. Well, uh, an incredible read. Erin Sorensen, her feature on Garrett Nelson this year's cover uh, of the Hale Varsity Yearbook. We're here at the Hale Varsity Yearbook uh, release party, Hale Varsity Club in La Vista. And tell you what, um, his story's fantastic because he's always had the drive. He's always had the motor. And he's continually progressed. And that that's a straight-up Husker story as you keep getting better and better and better. And then by the end of the road, you're, you're one of uh, the team leaders. Yeah, I think the thing that will surprise people, though, when they read the story is how he – has always had the drive. He's always had, you know, the want. Um, but he's had to work really, really, really hard. And it's a lot because he's battled his, he's had his own personal battles with his mental health. And just like, is he good enough? Is this what he wants? Is this what he can do for the rest of his life? Is it wrestling? Is it football? Like, he he battled so much. So when you see the cover and you see that headline, it doesn't happen all at once. That actually comes from a story of the Velveteen Rabbit. Okay. And that is a story that he was told by Eric Schnander. And that story was a foundational moment for him in his career at Nebraska because he felt like the, the point of be genuine, be who you are, be yourself, let your actions do the talking stood out to him and helped like motivate him through a pretty tough freshman season and he still sticks with that story to this day where he's like that that was something that meant meant a lot Mm -hmm. so um you hear stories about him from his perspective but also the perspectives of the people that know him best and it's neat to hear how those two sort of like complement one another Mm -hmm. but how he sees things differently than how they see things Coach Janander's been uh, a rock for so many guys, and that is absolutely uh, really cool to hear how he's obviously their their leader as the coordinator, but how he's able to connect one-on-one with kids. Yeah, he, I mean, I think he just, I mean, in the case of the, the story of Sharon the Velveteen Rabbit, he had read that story with his daughters, and mm-hmm. then it was just kind of this natural thing where he's like, hey, there's a lot of really good like points to be made in this. I'm going to share it with my defense. And he clearly connects with his players on a really like on a level beyond football. Mm-hmm. He wants them to be great off the field. He wants them to be great members of their you know families or friends, friend groups or communities. And like he focuses on that. <clears throat> and so, yes, the football part is important. Mm-hmm. Winning games is important. But Shenander's clear that he wants to establish them for their futures, whether it includes football or not. The projections for Garrett and a lot of preseason mags and, and uh, it's talking season as we're 65 days from kickoff, right? Garrett, what's your take and feel? Is he embracing the, the expectations of an all-conference performer? Is, is he looking at that? What's, what's the feel? Not really. In fact, he was like the one who told me, he's like, I'm not landing on too many preseason lists because he's like, I, I haven't done enough to land on those lists. Like, I shouldn't be on them. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really shouldn't be. I, I even said to him, I was like, oh, I bet you land on He's like, oh, no, no, no. Look at, like, Nick Henrich. He's going to end up on mm-hmm. a lot of those preseason lists. So for him, he's not focused on whether he's on a list today or not, anything preseason. For him, there's a quote in there where he's like, 
everything I can see in my mind, essentially I'm paraphrasing, but everything I mm-hmm. see, I, I can be on Saturday. And, like, he feels like it shouldn't have taken him this long is kind of how he views it. Um, but he feels like everything he has dreamt about himself is possible, and he just has to put that into action. And so, I, I mean, for him, he is on his own watch list. Like, mm-hmm. he, if there's a Garrett Nelson watch list, he's number one, and he has his name bolded, highlighted, and he is ready to, like, prove what he knows he's capable of. That's a really good insight uh, from Aaron Sorensen, Garrett Nelson, on the cover of this year's Hale Varsity Yearbook. Aaron, I've got about a minute this segment, and then I want to carry you over if you've got a couple of minutes to yes, talk Title IX and uh, the, uh, the the feature program tonight on Nebraska Public Media. Uh, you know, I look at Garrett, and I look at his voice, and what he's done he's a big earn it guy and that's uh, that's the the narrative coming from him but i i have to anticipate he's pretty excited for you know a breakthrough year for, for the team oh yeah he's he was like one of i will say like from the get-go of putting this story together and uh the photo shoot and everything he was really adamant that he did not want this to be Garrett is bigger than Nebraska. He is a part of Nebraska. He, every success that he has is only great if it also is success for Nebraska. And he is just, you can feel it with him. He wants so badly for Nebraska to win. And, it, I mean, if honestly, if you could have a team of Garrett Nelsons with the passion that he has, you certainly, you, you could imagine the ceiling is... Like, you could be shattering that ceiling in, like, 10 seconds. But it's not a team of just Garrett's. There's there's all kinds of personalities and all different talent levels and everything else. So how does this all come together? We don't know. That's the question. He certainly has the the passion and the drive and wants to see it through. Aaron Sorensen, Chris Schmidt, uh, Elijah Herbal, Hale Varsity. We'll watch our one next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, we're at the Hale Varsity Club, the yearbook release party 2022. Chris Schmidt, Aaron Sorensen, Elijah Herbal is back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios. Jacob Padilla here, Steve Marek, and, uh, of course, Greg Smith. Mike Babcock is checking things out, watching a little CWS. Aaron Sorensen, uh, incredible feature on Garrett Nelson. He is on the cover of the yearbook. Aaron, you are busy. You are all over and uh, title nine 50 years in the making it airs tonight on nebraska public media uh congrats on your work with that uh and excited to to see that on nebraska public media uh and uh what uh what what a show and, and what a moment yeah it was uh incredible it was about this time last year that the nebraska public media team came to me brock lore who was the producer of this he just he was curious if I would be interested in helping lead uh, the the charge with this, and I really could not have anticipated the like the journey that they were going to take me on. We went to Oregon, got to speak with Sedona Prince. Um, I don't get starstruck often, but I got starstruck yeah. by Sedona Prince. Uh, we went to Minnesota for the uh, women's final four. We went to. Um, I mean, I got to host this incredible panel in Lincoln at the Coliseum. Just the amount of stories. I I was going to say, I got to go to, like, the state wrestling tournament to see the first, like, girl state champion wrestlers. It was was quite the journey, and, I mean, it was very inspiring. I think reminded me why I got into this Mm -hmm. job and why I, I work and fight so hard in it because... You know, Title IX has done a lot for women, and uh, that's great, but it certainly is 
we've got a lot of work still to do, and that's what this panel talked about, too. So I'm excited for people to see it and hear from them. Tell us a little bit uh, about uh, the folks on, on the panel as, as you led uh, the discussion and, uh, of course, uh, bringing uh, a voice uh, to Title IX. And 50 years in the making on NPR tonight. Excuse me, Nebraska Public, yeah, Nebraska Public Media. Uh, and that's at 8 Central. Uh, be sure to watch that. But your panel, some yeah. who's who. Yeah, it was uh, Carol Frost, Brenda Van Langen, Peaches James Keaton, and Jordan Larson. Even Martise Ivy came up and joined us for the Q&A section, which will also be on uh, online at nebraskapublicmedia.org slash Title IX. Um, just incredible women who have seen Title IX through all different stages of it. I mean, Jordan Larson was the one who said, I, I don't feel like I, I've really, like, experienced, like, a lot of the things that they were talking about. And it was Bre- Brenda and Carol who were like, no, that's good. Like, that this is what we fought for and what we are still fighting for is every time we hear the next generation say it's easier for me, they, they've done what they were hoping to and so the hope is the next generation that comes after and then comes after that it gets easier and we build a more equitable space for women and for girls to compete and beyond like title nine is not just about sports it in fact it is the 37 words as they started really didn't have anything directly to do with sports but it directly impacted sports so i think it's just important that we remember like title nine did a lot of good but there's a lot to be done to make that a better, a better piece of legislation for all. <laughs> <laughs> that is Aaron Sorensen. Watch uh, Title IX, 50 years in the making. Nebraska Public Media tonight. We are here with Hale Varsity Radio at the Hale Varsity Club, the yearbook release party. Party gets kicking at 6 with an autograph session. Come see us. Hour 2 is on the way. More special guest Gary Barnett will kick us off in Hour 2 with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it at Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, the yearbook release party going on. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club up in La Vista, down enjoying some some lake time. Is the Hall of Fame coach, Gary Barnett, with us. Coach, uh, have you got the water skis ready? <laughs> well, we've been out on the boats tubing for about three days. In fact, we'll just burn out from it. And uh, <laughs> now I'm not tubing. I'm pulling the grandkids. <laughs> So um, we've we've tubed all over this daggone river for three days. We had the wave runners out yesterday. So today we've got a big trip planned down through uh, all these caverns and and uh, caves, and uh, and then a big big day at the pool and a barbecue. I got ribs 
Mm. Four racks of ribs, getting ready for about twenty-two people. So my day's full, man. <laughs> you are loaded up. Uh, when's the last time you tubed? <laughs> It'll probably be the next time. <laughs> <laughs> so you are the you are the boat driver. You're leaving it at that, and you're the rib smoker. Yep. You going to get any golf in down there? I hear Table Rock's incredible. You know, I came down here and played with uh, three buddies. One, Tony Gillick there from from uh, Lincoln, uh, the Bud guy. And so we we all came down last year and played in September and played all five courses and had a ball. And they are really good golf courses. Payne Stewart's really – the Payne Stewart course is great. Mm-hmm. Par threes are, are really good. So we had a ball, uh, and we stayed for a week. So That's good. That's good. We'll dive into some – football now and and man that sounds uh, relaxing to be uh doing the lake life I, I like it so coach i'm interested in uh in your thought on nebraska and what should their their rushing goals be uh when you went into a season and uh you know how the the big 10 climate is not only just november but just the physical the physical nature what's what's a good goal for for a team that uh, is bringing in a a new offensive mind that has been prone to pass in a guy like coach Whipple what's what's the direction what's the balance from a rushing standpoint and what should that yield be well everybody's a little bit different on that and the game's changed a little bit since I talked in those terms but I know when I came in and took over for uh, coach Neuheisel um, they were only averaging like 120 or 125 a game, and and I just felt like if you if you weren't hitting 150, uh, even when you're throwing the football, that in that league it was going to be tough to win. And and I think that's probably pretty true in the in the Big Ten. I think you, I don't care how much you're throwing around, you need to run the ball uh, probably for 150. You, you know the, the thing is, it, it's not so much important how many yards you get is that you be able to run it when you want to run it and not when you have to run it so i mean you gotta you gotta be able to control that and um like we talked last time i mean you've got four minute drive left in the game and you don't want to turn that ball back over well that probably means you're going to have to be able to run it when you want to run it and so um, I, I always thought more in those terms rather than put a number on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the end of the game, you look at the stats, say, oh, man, we rushed for 250 or 300 or 185. I mean, I didn't care so much about that. I just knew there had to be balance. And more important than anything, there's times in a game when you have to run the football. And you got to have a series of plays that uh, – Everybody knows and knows how to run, and then you you know you got to get to the play call on it. But uh, um, that's pretty much how we thought about it. Why is it, or why do you think it is difficult for teams to to run it when they have to run it in the Big Ten? Is it just because the defenses? Is it the way defenses are built? They it's third and short. We know what they're going to do. We're going to be able to stop it because Nebraska's had offenses in the past. It didn't matter if it was third and one. It was going to be first and ten. And you had offenses at Colorado and Northwestern where you were so physical and had such good backs. Game over. You were going to get the first down. Yeah, third and one's not the tough call. You know, the tough calls are third and 
three, uh, third, maybe third and two, third and two, three, four. And then I think third and five is the most important call in football. But, um, you know, third and five is, is pretty much thought of as a, as a passing down. And uh, we always, Chris, I always wanted four or five third and five calls that, um, you know, that, that they hadn't seen before or we hadn't run much of. Mm. But, uh, you know, I just, I had three or four separate third and five calls because I knew how important that down was. And, um, you know, third ones, you know, we were going to hit you with our best stuff. I don't care. You know, it's going to be, hey, diddle, diddle, we're coming up the middle, whatever it is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, third and two, you, you got to be a little more, have a little more variety. Uh, and then third and three, you got to be somewhat balanced. You got to be able to, you got to good have a good third down pass, third and three pass, and a good third, you know, a good series of third and three runs. So, I mean, we always went into the games that way. What's your feel with Coach Whipple? on on quarterback run and, and quarterback movement when when you look at his style and what you know about him you've got a, a pretty big time athlete in Casey Thompson and Chubb Pretty's also a, an athletic guy they're not in the kind of same vein as Adrian was with what he was asked to do carrying the football but how much of that do you do you leave in the playbook coach and, and as far as you know rolling the pocket is that something that, that Whipple likes to do? Well, you know, I, I think he's got two quarterbacks that more than anything else can get him out of a bad play. And I think that's where you're relying on his legs more. You're not going to be a quarterback running away in an offense like you were with Martinez. So, you know, you just need a quarterback who gets you out of trouble and uh, with his feet and or keep extend the play with his feet so that you can get the ball thrown wherever it is. But, I mean, I, I think that's where your quarterback runs come in. Um, are mostly not by design, but in situations where he can extend the play. Um, I, I don't think Mark's going to go to an option offense with those quarterbacks, although he's got a couple guys that can run well enough, but I think well enough to get you out of trouble. Gary Barnett's with us. He is on the lake, giving us a few minutes before the uh, the, the smoking starts with those ribs is – we are talking some college football. Interesting uh, by ESPN.com, Coach, the future power rankings, college football's best teams over the next three years. ESPN's gone here. Your top four or five, not shocking when you look at uh, what Adam Rittenberg put together because, you know, Bama and Georgia and Clemson and Ohio State are really good. Mm-hmm. Who do you think's on the, the rise? Who do you think's ready to kind of break through or ascend into playoff discussion, specifically if the playoff expands? Who are some teams you think are, are ready to turn the corner? Well, if you look at that list, none of them are real new. I mean, it's right. pretty much the way it's been year in and year out forever. Cincinnati's jumped in there, and, you know, they until the last two years they haven't been an issue or a factor. Um, so you're sort of looking at teams like that, and, you know, whether it's UCF, but uh, UCF has been, they've been uh, prominent in the last mm-hmm. 10 years. So they're a team. Um, you know, you certainly have to take and look at USC as being more of what they've been uh, and getting back to a level that would put them in the top 10. 
Uh, I think that Florida State's a team that uh, uh, has everything you need uh, and in a conference where you can dominate to make that kind of a run. I, I, you know, I'd, that team looks obvious to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas, Texas is going to get back. They're just, you know, I, I you know, I, I don't know how or where, but they've they've got to get back. Um, you know, Oklahoma State uh, was pretty strong in that poll, if you remember. And, yeah. And you know, with Oklahoma out and Texas out, they've got a chance to to dominate there a little bit. Um, you know, the the teams. The Pac-12, I, I don't know who it's going to be. Washington has all the stuff. Uh, you know, they're made to, to be a dominant team, but whether they get back to it or not, it doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. So, you know, to me, this pretty much looks like the same guys uh, with a few exceptions thrown in. I mean, speaking of Loki State, and, mm-hmm. uh, UCF maybe getting back in there. You know, Auburn's certainly – strong enough to make another run somewhere uh whether that's the right coaching combination at auburn or not it's it's pretty controversial down there but to me maybe florida state is a team that you have to look at and say this team can really make a difference in this in the the top 20 i'm going to ask you about miami with chris stobel does miami finally have the perfect fit Uh, a, a miami guy back in miami and I look at how physical Chris Doble's been wherever he's been. I, you know, the, the only thing I struggle with Miami is the culture of Miami. I don't know whether the culture of Miami is built to handle a college football uh, resurgence. Okay. I just don't know. I mean, I look at that and I don't see it like the other places. But uh, I certainly could be wrong. Have been many times, as my wife pointed out. But she does, she, she does tell me that I'm often wrong, but always certain. <laughs> You're always certainly wrong. <laughs> wow! Except on third and five, right? I mean, you nailed that. Well, that's a tough one, man. I'll tell you. <laughs> Okay, another question before we let you go. Gary Barnett with us. He is on the lake smoking some ribs, uh, not far from the uh, the Arkansas border. Uh, Hogs uh, live another day up here for the College World Series. Uh, at least they, they got to uh, an elimination game. Lance Leopold uh, really enjoyed what he did wherever he's been. Uh, can he replicate what Bill Snyder did? Can he make Kansas – what what Bill did to K State, or is that is that doable? And you know a lot about the resurrection part of things too, with your great work at Northwestern. You know the times of resurrecting are so much harder. Right now, the times are so much harder, situation so much harder than when I went into Northwestern or when Bill went into Kansas State. Uh, I mean, it's a completely different culture out there now. And I think it's really hard. Uh, I mean, to think that Kansas can put together enough NIL money and and become a, a portal uh, place for for people to go. I, I don't know. I, I think Lance is a great coach, and I whether he's got the you know Bill Snyder is such a unique individual. Um, I don't know if Lance will do it in his mold. But, uh, you know, there's certainly a lot of hope out there for him. He's in a very, very tough job, and 
you know, it's uh, once you get it done there, or once it looks like you're going to get it done, then, then everybody who's not getting it done is going to want to hire you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether Kansas has the wherewithal to to keep him if it should come about. No, I think that's that's exactly right. He he has been able to to do whatever he needs to do. It it all stops and get get hired away. Did you feel? Did you guys ever feel? I don't want to say hopeless, but it like it was insurmountable. Either when you started out at Colorado or or Northwestern, it was too deep a hill or too too steep to climb. I don't know that we thought about it. Frankly, okay. I think we just went to work, and uh, I don't think you can let those thoughts in. Hmm. Uh, you know, there's there were times privately when I'm going, "What am I doing?" But but no, never never on a day-to-day basis. You just you just start solving problems, and you you got to look for a lot of times long-term solutions to some of your problems. You got to work on that. I mean, it's it's just a it's a 28 hour a day job trying to revitalize a program like that. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, enjoy the lake, enjoy the family. Uh, shoot us a, a picture of the ribs, all right? All right, Chris, we'll do it, bud. Good stuff. The Hall of Fame coach, Gary Barnett, his usual Thursday spot. Chris Schmidt, Mike Babcock here at the Hale Varsity Club as the yearbook release party is uh, off and running. Autograph session gets going at 6. Tommy Armstrong, Deontay Williams, part of the Seahawks, and DeMornay Pearson L with uh, the Broncos. So excited for those guys to to be by at 6. Come get uh, food and drink. Hale, Ale is on tap. Uh, the uh, great folks from Kincader, and uh, that beer is very tasty. Uh, Ole Miss is off to play Oklahoma, which means uh, Elijah Herbal is, is smiling and, and happy. <laughs> I tried to tell you uh, guys. Also, that means Lane Kiffin will be on his way back up from the SIP to uh, to Omaha with his uh, with his lab. Elijah, do you have you have a you have a major decision to make between umping and working? Do you find your way to Denver for the Avs? Do you find your way to uh, to Omaha for uh, for your beloved Ole Miss Rebels? Have you seen gas prices recently? I will be umpiring, dude. <laughs> I can't afford a gas tank to get to Omaha without umpiring. So, well, as I say, just jump on the train about uh, about one a.m. down uh, in the in the haymarket in the rail yard and find your way overnight. We'll uh, dive in with Mike Babcock. Some more Nebraska football thoughts. Uh, the yearbook uh, release party is ongoing. Come get your subscription. Come get your yearbook and come sample the uh, scratch kitchen kitchen uh, delicacies here at Hale Varsity Club. Incredible food, wonderful lineup, and a full bar. Uh, we'll check in with uh, some former Huskers coming up here at the Hale Varsity Club, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in, 402 402- 
888-346-9466, ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hail Varsity Radio Roadshow Thursday here at the Hail Varsity Club, the yearbook release party. And you're invited out. Get some food. Get some drink. Get your subscription and uh, come by, especially if you've got some some young ones for the uh, autograph session that gets happening here at the Hale Varsity Club just off of the interstate um, and uh, the Giles release area by the embassy as uh, here in La Vista is where the Hale Varsity Club is tucked. It's incredible food and drink lineup and TVs for you as uh, we just wrapped up uh, the uh, the College World Series. Ole Miss is sent to, to play Oklahoma. Chris Schmidt, Mike Badcock, Elijah Herbal with us. We're streaming live on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter handle at ESPN Lincoln. We're on Facebook Live at ESPN Lincoln and can also uh, link to us at Hale Varsity. Find Elijah on Twitter and the mustache at uh, Herbal Essence. Mike Badcock at MD Babs. Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore. Radio uh, on the way. We'll spend time with uh, Seattle Seahawk Deontay Williams, great safety for Nebraska. We may have uh, time to catch up with DeMorne Pearsonell, incredible return man and receiver for Nebraska football. Reminder to get buckled up in game preparation and repetition, predict success in winning drivers and vehicle passengers who always use. Their seat belts will increase their survival chances if a crash should happen. Remember to always buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Babbers and Elijah, we, we just wrapped up with Coach Barnett, and we were talking about the, uh, the, the feature story on Lance Leopold. It, it Kansas did a great job at Buffalo. Prior to that, uh, won a, a million games at Whitewater and was instrumental in building a really strong program at UNO as offensive coordinator. In the topic of long-term success, the questions out there, can, can Leopold do at KU what Bill Snyder did at Kansas State? And I also kind of link Bill Snyder and Gary Barnett together because of how bad the programs they were they took over and then they took him to new year's day bowl games and, and had conference titles uh, unprecedented success i don't know to, to coach's point that lance will be at ku long enough because somebody's going to knock on his door lance is still young enough uh mid to upper 50s to maybe have uh, a, a major power five uh landing spot in in where well, they win two games last year at kansas but I don't know about you, Elijah or, or Mike, but I, I remember the Texas game. <laughs> remember, yeah. remember the uh, the shootout that was uh, uh, high scoring and, and high energy, and uh, wow, uh, Lance is is a guy that that is uh, is as good as it gets as a coach. When we talk Nebraska here, long term success. That's what Nebraska fans, that's what the administration, that's what the staff, that's, that's what this uh, state of 1.9 plus million walk-ons want is long-term solution. And uh, Nebraska has a chance to, to have a breakthrough season this year, Mike, and, and get to postseason. Elijah, as long as you've been alive, your, your top bar of success has been the Sioux years or, or a 10-win season. Mike's seen all five national championships. I've, I've seen three of them. 
but uh, I guess long-term solution is is a good talking point right here, and uh, it's going to take a lot to to get Nebraska back that direction, but it's been a work in progress under Scott. Yeah, the, my question is, from what you've seen, Smitty, um, has the college football world changed significantly enough that it's much more difficult for Nebraska now to get back in that conversation on a consistent basis? And I'm not saying national championship conversation year after year after year. We're not going to see that, but can Nebraska be relevant to some degree nationally um, you know every couple of years or you know when when you build something or has college football changed to the extent that Nebraska is one of those programs that is going to fade that used to be I think you're on the brink right now your brand will never fade as long as there are folks who love college football are you uh, are you a current hit or are you classic rock, right? Right. And and I look at Nebraska as the the window is not closed, but it, it's not halfway open anymore. So new hires or current hires have to hit because you've recycled so much. But I do believe that if you've been good to great before, you can do that again and nebraska's always been on the cutting edge in in something be it offense uh be it strength and nutrition uh be it uh the academic side of things nebraska's forefront organized and, and well positioned with the nil era so i think that that is your way and it's got to pay off as we touched on in hour one chemistry wise with the talent you brought in but nebraska is going to be in the competition for nil opportunity and be a a coveted landing spot for players that that want a change of scenery that have uh, some credentials or at least were good enough to land at a tcu at a texas or an LSU. So I absolutely think Nebraska hasn't vanished from the college football world yet because of their brand, because of their ability in NIL. And uh, they've just got to flip it around on the field. Elijah, your thought here is college football too different? Really, there's one program to me, bud, that is still old school enough, kind of in that Nebraska mold, and the, the process is preached at Alabama. The the Husker blueprint is what Saban took from Nebraska. He's great, don't get me wrong. But my point is, is it's not like he didn't make phone calls to T.O. and Coach McBride on how to build. Well, you're seeing that you're seeing that 2.0 version in action right now. So Bama's special, whether they have NIL or not. They're going to get you to the first or through third round, and you're going to win a ton of ball games. Uh, but um, you got about four or five programs right now that, that are on a run right now, and Nebraska's not the only uh, former blue blood or current blue blood that's been down. Oklahoma's a current example to me where they were 10 years wondering uh, before they finally hit on stoops. So I think, again, that was 20 years ago. I think it's a fair question. I, I'm not ready to write them off yet. Well, well, how I look at it is I look at how college football has changed since Bo Pelini was at the helm at Nebraska um, because that's the last time we, we had the results that I think Nebraska fans would be satisfied with. We're talking 
uh, that those 10 and 2 on type the doorstep seasons, of on the, the conference doorstep. title. Yeah, and I look at how college football has changed, and I, I see it really only in two ways. One is the college football playoff, which, let's be honest, Nebraska, even if there was a college football playoff when Bo Pliny was still around, was never really knocking on that college football playoff door. They were never really all that close to a, a, a season where you'd go, man, Nebraska deserved to be in the college football playoff. So I don't think that's impacted Nebraska. Uh, and then the other side I look at is the recruiting side with, a, less guys flying under the radar because of all these camps you see across the country and the social media age. You see less guys flying under the radar, but I don't think that's why Nebraska has, has lost their success. Uh, I think it's because you made, A, one bad hire in Mike Riley, which set your football program back, and then the move to the Big Ten changed how you have to recruit. Uh, and Nebraska has never quite found their footing in the Big Ten. And when I look at those two things, I go, well, there's no reason for Nebraska to, A, not be able to find new recruiting hotbeds, which we've seen them do here even in the past year with Mickey Joseph and his influence in Louisiana, Brian Applewhite down in Texas, uh, Bill Bush even in that Missouri region. So uh, I don't think that's a problem. So I don't see a, a, a reason that Nebraska can't make it back, especially now when you factor in NIL, which has kind of been an, an equalizer for Nebraska across the other teams, which have had success uh, over the past couple of years. So I don't think Nebraska has passed that window by any means. Okay, the one thing that I would that? think is that that is the recruiting situation has changed because of what you said. I mean, nobody flies under the radar. The ability to have lots and lots of walk-ons has changed. The numbers have changed. You can't bring in the kinds of walk-ons that you did once mm-hmm. did. I mean, Nebraska had, what, 180 guys and that you had know, a full you, roster man yeah <laughs> and you had you had walk-ons in there competing for jobs and you had an opportunity in practice to have four stations going at once and guys learning that way you don't have that now um and and i think it makes it more difficult recruiting the the population base has always been a consideration um and nebraska has to get back to some measure of success i think for that brand to mean something when you recruit well, well, and Mike, maybe NIL is, is the important thing. Um, maybe the transfer portal is, is important on how you handle that. But it's just more difficult to recruit now than it once was for Nebraska, especially because of population base. Well, and you also, from your story, Mike, here in the, the Hale Varsity yearbook, uh, you talked with Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich, where Luke Reimer was making a decision between a, a scholarship offer at South Dakota State versus a preferred walk-on offer at Nebraska. And back in the 90s, that I don't even think that'd be a question for a lot of Nebraska kids. You're going to take that walk-on offer at one of the best places in the country, but now you look at it and you go, do I want to go to a place where I can get an education, I can get most of it paid for, if not all of it paid for, or I can go fund my own way through Nebraska and hope things work out on a team that hasn't even seen a bowl game in, what, six years? Yeah, and Luke bet on himself. You know, obviously, he had the opportunity, the scholarship thing, and he bet on himself. He came to Nebraska, and he's, you know, he's got people saying, you know, why did this guy not get a scholarship offer coming out of high school? I mean, um, you know, and he, for a couple of years in high school in Ashland, Kansas, he played eight-man football mm-hmm. on top of that. So it was a big adjustment just going to North Star. Yeah, he had to, to make the shift to, to be seen, and uh, he has been an uh, incredible, phenomenal linebacker. Him and Henrich anchor in the middle for Coach Chenander. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club, the yearbook release party. Garrett Nelson on the cover. Uh, excited to uh, invite you out here. Autograph session with some former Huskers gets going at 6. Uh, we are winding down the uh, the show here. We wrap at 6. 
Uh, numbers to get in at 466-377-6800-825-5865. can email chris at hailvarsity.com or chime into us on Twitter at ESPN Lincoln or the ESPN Lincoln Facebook page. The, the difference here, and you mentioned the recruiting base, uh, the, the, the population's growing, but still it's a small state, but you have more and more high-level performers being plucked by the SEC, by uh, the Big 12, by other programs. So the, the word is out on the Nebraska in-state talent. It's going to come down ultimately to the on-the-field advertisement to go with the reputation of a once great program and the connection with some currently incredible recruiters. The third part of this phase is going to be the on-field performance that is the full pitch for Nebraska to be in it uh, from the get-go. Uh, and Nebraska will find uh, talent, and uh, they need to develop that talent. We'll continue on here. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hail Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hail Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut preteen Swedish boy. Thanks for hanging out at Hale Varsity. We're on the road here at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista, not far from Embassy Suites. So we invite you out here. The Hale Varsity yearbook release parties going on. Good stuff from Brandon Vogel and Aaron Sorensen and Coach Barnett. Uh, we may run down uh, Deontay Williams here in the uh, near future. Also, DeMornay Pearson L. Let's get back to the NBA draft, and it's important because you're going to hear a Husker name called for the third time in four years. Uh, guys, we, we look at the mock drafts, and I, I ask you to go to hailvarsity.com. Jacob Bedella, who will be on with us tomorrow uh, to get some draft reaction. You, you have uh, a lot of scouts, and I talked to a couple of folks that, that are in the NBA, and I'm not trying to name drop like a scumbag, but that's my connection because I sure as heck don't, don't know the scouting uh, like these folks do. But you had two-thirds uh, of the NBA work out Bryce McGowan's. That includes Milwaukee. That's uh, a team to think about as a dark horse uh, you have Detroit that is very interested. New Orleans also uh, the uh, the lowest maybe we've seen. Uh, Bryce projected as number 41 overall to New Orleans. But Golden State and Milwaukee, very big players, as well as the Miami Heat. Uh, Kevin O'Connor from the ringer has Bryce going uh, very high to a really nice team with Memphis and pairing McGowan's with uh, Morant could be uh, something pretty special. I've also seen Denver mentioned, so I don't have a, a physical dart, but there is a dart board once you enter in 
to the Hale Varsity Club here in La Vista. And we could go a little Ted Lasso if we want to travel the computer with us, put all the NBA teams on the, the draft board, and we could all just throw the dart and say, there we go, that's where it's going to land. But I think Bryce is a guy, fellas, that you're going to see him everyone's drafted on projection and upside but Bryce is a guy that, that could absolutely grow into uh, a, a player that you know by year three in the league or year three and right fit I've also seen San Antonio as a team that's very interested in, in Bryce but by year three with some development with some work on the defensive end He's a guy that, that could be, uh, you know, a potential all-star because you look at it just took Wiggins, right, as an example, mm-hmm. for him to finally land number one pick overall, and he'd been through it all uh, before landing that perfect spot and finding his role. Same with Levine uh, in Chicago, uh, Elijah, where he's not just, a, you know, a poster. He's not just a Twitter highlight. He's he's a, he's a big-time scorer and uh, a leader. For a, for a playoff team, as you look at it, Elijah, then Babbers, I'll get your take. If if you're if you're drafting, you know where do you see the perfect fit? I myself, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna say San Antonio because I think t- teaming up Pop as long as he's there with Bryce, I think that could be pretty special. So I I think going to San Antonio would be a lot of fun. I don't know how much fun it'd be to to play for Pop on certain nights, but man, he makes guys really good ball players. Well, I mean, I'm trying to, to look at the, the teams near the bottom of the first round because that's where I see him sliding in somewhere between that 24 and 30. You can see him going top of the third round. But uh, when you look at 23, let's go 23 to 30. It's the 76ers, the Bucks, the Spurs, the Rockets, the Heat, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, and the Nuggets. When I look at a team there that actually uh, they've picked guys based on offensive upside, uh, kind of overlooked some defensive weaknesses and, and just found guys that can shoot the ball, get to the rim. I mean, Golden State actually seems like a spot that would that would make a lot of sense. They have a, riches and talents right now, so you have the ability to, to stash a guy for a little bit, whether that be in the G League or uh, on your bench and let him develop slightly. So I really see the Warriors as a good landing spot for him. The Heat have been in the same way in, in how they've been able to develop players and, and pick guys that fit their system well. So uh, I mean, really, any of those teams, bottom of the of the first round, I like the Heat, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, and the Nuggets. Now, personally, for my Nuggets, uh, a little bit dubious because of what they really need, which is a, a lockdown perimeter defender, a guy who can defend on the wing. Uh, so I'm not too sure about the Nuggets. I could see it, but really, Golden State is one that, that makes a lot of sense to me. I know that's going to make Mike Babcock happy. Uh, wouldn't be shocked about the Grizzlies as well, because when you look at it, a couple years down the road, it'd be hard to defend a team with both Ja Morant as well as uh, Bryce McGowan's on the wing. That that would be a, a tough situation with what those guys can do and how they can get to the rims. That's interesting, but I don't think it makes sense for, for Memphis based on team needs right now. That is Elijah Herbal. Mike Babcock is uh, slipping out. We are going to bring in uh, an incredible uh, punt returner, uh, all-conference performer at Nebraska, and uh, part of the uh, Hale Varsity Club kickoff to the 2022 yearbook. It's uh, been a while since we've talked, but it's great to see him doing well in uh, in the professional ranks. Demorne Pearson L with us, DPE. It's been uh, been quite a while, man. I'm doing all right, man. How about you? Let's switch headsets because you know we need to hear you. <laughs> there we go. 
Des Moines Pearson L is uh, with us here at the Hale Varsity Club. First and foremost, man, thanks for, for coming up and, and being part of the uh, the yearbook release party. Oh, no problem, no problem. It's good to be back. Well, uh, and you were, were on the cover a couple, three, four, five years ago of the Hale Varsity yearbook. And, uh, man, it's been fun watching you, you play ball, and I know you've You've done work also in the NFL. Give give folks a little update on on what uh, life is like for you, man. Uh, man, it's, it's all over the place right now. Um, last year I was with the Broncos. The year before that, the last the two years before that I was with the Raiders. Uh, free agent right now. Got a couple workouts um, coming up and everything like that. So hopefully, you know, somebody is sticking. We'll see what's up. I'm not too too worried about it. Just uh, back in town. My uh, daughter lives out here, so okay. I mean, during the off season, I'm out here the majority of the time. I tra- I actually train okay. right down the street at a um, Beyond Goals gym okay. right here in La Vista. So I mean, I'm I'm here often. Well, I got to ask you: Have you uh, first time at the club? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So they they have a, a incredible menu. Mm-hmm. What what's uh, if you're putting a menu together? What do you like eating? Uh, it just depends on the mood. Like you know, I mean, I like quesadillas. I like tacos. All right, I'm, you're you're. I'm cool with wings. You're you know, good. Burgers, you're good. tots. You're good. You know, I, I like a little bit of everything. So I mean, a variety is always good. Um, as long as you got a good location, you got good food and drinks are flowing. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a bowl. Uh, Demorde Pearsonell uh, stand out with Nebraska wide receiver, punt returner, and uh, in the NFL, uh, and uh, has uh, some things lined up. So, what I ask you about what what you did so well in in Lincoln, and that's uh, score touchdowns, uh, either catching it or, or returning it, and that's that needs to happen again for for Nebraska. How, how's it been? for you being a former Husker watching what's been going on? It's tough. Um, you know, uh, we're right there. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's not the problems that they were having their first year and their second year aren't the problems that they're having now. So um, I just think they just got to finish finish uh, games better, honestly. Like, they'll they be right there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was uh, on a team with a couple of Hawkeyes um, players and everything like that. And every week, you know, they're in my ear chirping and everything like that. And I uh, told uh, Josie Jewel, I told him, I was like, I, I still were pretty, I still took one back on you, so I don't, uh, I don't care. <laughs> About two of them. Yeah. So, <laughs> and they always, well, that was the last time y'all beat us. And it's like, bro, whatever, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. But they're, they're, they're right there. They're close. Um, Hopefully they, you know, they got all the pieces that they need and everything like that, and you know they can play a full, complete season. Uh, that's what I'm looking for and everything like that. The games are fun; they look exciting. I haven't uh, been to a game, I don't know how long. So I mean, I know they like read the whole stadium, like I think in the fourth quarter or something you, like you've that. You've been busy. Demorne, hang out a couple more minutes with us. Got to take a quick time out. Gotcha. Demorne, Pierce Siddell with us. Uh, Husker Grade Hale Varsity Club is where we're at. The yearbook release party autographs coming up at six. Here in La Vista, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. 
miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. A couple minutes winding down. DeMorde Pearsonell is here. Deontay Williams showing up as well. Good to see him as uh, the Hale Varsity Club is uh, loading up. And we are excited for the 2022 yearbook uh, release party autograph session going on with uh, Deontay Williams, DeMorde Pearsonell. Tommy Armstrong is here. So a lot of great uh, ex-Huskers here in DeMorde. We were talking about Denver traffic, but you and Elijah, and, and I'm like a, a, a casual hockey fan, but you're a big Avs guy. Elijah's a big Avs guy. Elijah might, uh, well, the hotel we were staying at for baseball last weekend had like a throwback hockey jersey. Ooh. Elijah wanted me to make that thing disappear. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure they would have been on you on that. Um, <laughs> Sir, we need to search they're, your bag. They're, they're, um, Denver Denver is a wild city for their sports. They're they're really, you know, evolved it and into it. I went to a number of uh, Nuggets games and whatnot. So, I mean, they, they, they show out. And they, it's it's a real spirited um, sports-involved town for, for sure. You, uh, you played for Denver last year, and and uh, a thought with uh, one of your old teammates, Randy, going to, to Denver land. Just missed him. Yeah? Just missed him. Uh, we actually went down to um, Dallas last year. We mm-hmm. went down to the Star and beat beat them down there and everything like that. I've seen uh, him and uh, Luke so, yeah. and um, yeah. Forniak, actually. So I, yeah. I talked to talk to him. Uh, I talked to Luke a little bit before the game and everything like that. So, I mean, it was... Randy, Randy, Randy's good. He's he's in a good spot. He'll he'll, he'll like Denver a lot, and they and they gonna love him. Yeah, he'll he'll get after it. Um, so, to put you on the spot here uh, with Nebraska here, uh-huh. tell me a little bit here about. Uh, we'll just start with the Northwestern game over in Ireland. I mean, uh, what are you thinking here? We're we're less than sixty five days away. That's the springboard, isn't it? How. Um like how long before like the, like how long are they going to be over there? Because I'm like I, I think, know that's I think like a, they're going a week over. Okay, so the time adjustment and everything like that'll be. Yeah, we're straight. flying over Wednesday. Ooh, how long is that flight? Uh, I, I don't know. I stop in Amsterdam though. Ooh, <laughs> bring your neck pillow. <laughs> I'm, gonna, um, I'm gonna bring my blackout juice. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna um, do. I, I mean, I, I think it'll be a good game. You know, uh, Northwestern always plays us tough, so um, I, I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a good good game. You know, of course, mm-hmm. I think we pull it out. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, we pull it out. Um, but I mean, that atmosphere is a different culture over there and everything like that. You get to experience a lot. Um, hopefully, it's not too many distractions. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, they, they do a good job of preparing and everything like that. Let's just hope they play a full and complete game. Absolutely. DeMornay Pearsonell, Husker great and uh, pro ball player and they got some things lined up for, for this fall. Hey, man, it's good to see you. Likewise. Always appreciate seeing you. Uh, always just awesome given the Hale Varsity radio time uh, since his freshman year. Best dude. Uh, we'll check in with uh, Deontay Williams as well. Elijah, get ready. Uh, I know your abs are, are ready to rock here. Uh, shortly, Ole Miss. Ole Miss got to play OU now uh, starting Saturday. Uh, uh, Ole Miss won? They won 2 nothing Ooh. over Arkansas. Pitcher had 17 strikeouts. Who do you think will pull it out? Well, I'm, uh, I was going for Arkansas because Dave Van Horn, Nebraska's old coach. coach. Yeah. 
So that was me. But uh, we'll say goodbye, and uh, thanks so much for uh, tuning in. We're here at the Hale Varsity Club uh, in La Vista. Get up here. Be a part of the Hale Varsity yearbook release party. Get up here and try incredible items from their scratch kitchen. For uh, Mike Babcock, Aaron Sorensen, Brandon Vogel, Elijah Herbal, Demorne, Pearson, L. Chris Schmidt. We'll talk to you tomorrow, 4 o'clock, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Appreciate you. A Huda Media Production.